Listen, the title of today's episode was 99 Problems. There's 99 opportunities. If you got 99 problems, you got 99 opportunities. Somebody called me the other day to have a conference call, and they was like, you know, Wally, every time I talk to you and I ask you how things are going, you're like, they're great. They were like, is that really like, it seems like everything. Listen, your mindset is so freaking important, you have no freaking idea. So if you're like, I got 99 problems, guess what? You got 99 problems. Mm-hmm. You got 99 problems. You got 99 opportunities. Listen, go take those 99 and probably figure out three quarters of it. And you'll have you'll have more coming in than you can realize. We got problems every day at multiple businesses. And our clients have more problems than we have. That's what keeps us in business. are back. Welcome to the latest episode of Commerce and Chill. I am Jessica Johnson Cope. I'm Waleed. Hey Waleed, what's good? Just sitting here, chilling. Getting Just ready for Thanksgiving is tomorrow. What's on your G list? For all of you who don't know what, what a is, G list is. What is a G list? A G list is your gratitude list. It's the people that you are grateful for. What's that look for? Here we go with one of these lists or one of these things. What's on your G Who's list? The top, who are the top What's three your, people on your G list? Listen, I don't have a top three because I'm not I'm not discriminating or segmenting people that I'm connected with or who are in my fear of sphere or whatever it is, of influence sphere or whatever you influence. call it. Right. There is no top three. I treat everybody equally. There is no caste system. There is no, no, no. No separation. There is equal no opportunity. Equal gratitude. That's right. And Wally Cope is equal opportunity. Every day, all day. We don't need to set goals in Wally world because everybody we treat the same. We don't have to have all these measurements for, oh, how do we do this? Who's in your top? Who's the top five people who are close to you that will dictate your outcome? No, it's equal for everybody. In other words, you don't know who it is. So you're just going to mumble jumbo around. The, I'm not mumble jumbo. There is no top three. And I'm not going to choose to say there is a top three and make somebody who be number five feel like they should be number one. That's terrible. Like, people do this. Like, what? why would you just want to rank people? Like, everybody's unique. You can't put everybody in a box. You can't put a keyword or a tag on everything. Some things are just what they are. Like, there is there is no top three, whatever your question was, for people with me. I don't your even remember. So your mom and your dad wouldn't be at the it, top of your gratitude be, list? It could be 3,300 people on my list. And Who your knows? mom and your dad wouldn't be on the top? You said top three. There is no top. They're just on, there is just a list. There is no number. Somebody said, write the list. I would just write it. And it would be on a piece of paper with no lines and no numbers. So it would just be a blank piece of paper and names would just be written all around because they would be equal on my list. So take a page out of Waleed's world and in the spirit of Thanksgiving in the season of the holidays, I encourage you to create your own G list. That is a list of people that you are grateful for. Get a blank sheet of paper, no lines, and just freestyle and write the names of all the people that you think that you're grateful for. Because know that when I do that exercise, I would count each and every person watching Commerce and Chill <laughs> on my G. How are you going to write their names? You don't even know who every person is. You know why? Because you haven't subscribed. So we don't know who you are. So we can't give you a shout out. We can't. She can't put you on her G list. We can't thank you in the comments because you haven't subscribed. So we don't know who you are. But yeah. 
So you're going to put everybody on Commerce and Chill on your list. Yes. As soon as they subscribe. As soon as they subscribe. Okay. <laughs> but for those of you who have repeatedly watched Commerce and Chill, you may not know this, but this is episode 99. Nine. Not 100. 100 minus 1. 99. 99. And. 99 problems. With it being the 99th episode, today's episode is titled, We Got 99 Problems. But a business ain't one. <laughs> Who came up with that title? Because we have two businesses. <laughs> but so a business is two. <laughs> <laughs> and Na- so. 99 problems and my business is two. <laughs> in the next few minutes, we want to talk to you about some of the most common business practices, especially for small oh, businesses, sh- and give yeah. you solutions to help you address those problems in case you encounter them oh, as you oh. grow your small business or as you're launching a small business. You'll know what to look out for. What do you think of when you hear the word business problems come? I think of money. I think of opportunities. When somebody tells me there's a problem in business, most people, not most. Ah, fuck it. I'm going with most. Sorry. Dropped the F-bomb early in the morning, day before Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that my mouth is... Reckless? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. So uh, that. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at my um, the timer. Wasn't running for some reason at first. I forgot to hit it. So, yeah, when I hear problems in business, I think I hear... To me, it's opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think it's not just money, but mm-hmm. money is one of the things. It's a way to please the client, mm-hmm. to get an advantage on your competitors or someone else, to stay in the front of your client or potential client's mind, to be ranked as number one on their G list. Okay. So, yeah, and most people probably hear a problem business and they complain or they get in the thing. I used to do that. Still do it every now and then. Don't you opening your eyes, man, big. Like for a hot second, I'll be like, what the? And then I'll be like, okay, wait a minute. How do we solve it? Right? Because remember these words, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Remember. That's right. I said it. I'm on the record. It's recorded. It's going into the to the metaverse. So who we'll lived there forever. <laughs> like grandkids will watch this and be like, yeah, that crazy dude said this the day before Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So it's to me, it's, it's, Problem means opportunity. Because mm-hmm. let's be clear, most entrepreneurs, listen, I, don't, I can't even say most. All the entrepreneurs I know or know of, they've, they're in business because they, they were solving a problem. Like they scratched their own itch. Right. They wanted to solve a pain point, whether it was for themselves or someone they knew or something they were exposed to. So, yeah, that's what I think of. So when we look at the etymology of the word problem, uh, the original usage dates back to circa the 14th century. 14th century. We're going way back now. And the root comes from the Latin, Greek, and French word problem. So they spelled kind of differently, but it really it's all the same word. And what it connotes is a difficult question, proposal for discussion or solution. Basically a difficulty. And like Waleed said, in many instances, entrepreneurs and business owners solve problems. That's what we do. And we do it by offering products or services to address gaps that we see. And so... According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, when you look at small businesses, about 20% of small businesses fail by the end of the first year. 
by the end of their fifth year, 50% of businesses go under. And by the 10th year, that number rises to 80%. So here at Commerce and Chill, we want to equip you with information, resources, and our experiences so that you can change the statistics in your favor. Um, Chief, we're going to go down the list really quickly of what some of the top challenges, um, problems, business, small business owners face, and then we're going to are, are these real dad. ones from like real entrepreneurs or from the internet? This is from the internet, but you <laughs> these know. These might not be real because just like those stats you just read about how many small businesses, like I think those stats might be kind of um, bogus. Why? You know why I say this? Because they look at every business and say that this amount of small business fails and the number is astronomically high. But how, are, are we filtering out people who just open up a, a, a corporation or LLC or whatever because they're just like, oh, yeah, I want to go into business. And then they don't do anything with it. And then they close it. And then they close it after a certain amount of time or they they start it and then they get into it. But they, they're not really starting and building a business like they filed a paperwork or done whatever. So what is the thing that triggered that triggers these stats to say, oh, this this is a business that started. This is a business that failed. Because I think if we filtered a lot of that out, I think the numbers would still be high, but they wouldn't be as drastically, like the stats you said before, there were so many of uh, small business only have one employee, right? Yes, the, the, especially black-owned businesses. Right, the owner, <laughs> the founder, et cetera. And I'm like, if we filtered some of that out, like looked at that data, drill down on it. Like how many of them just get started? Cause somebody's like, Oh, I'm going to bake, uh, you know, I'm going to start baking cupcakes. Right. And then they're like, Oh, my cousin said I should go to legal zoom and get an LLC and they do it. But then they're like, Oh, I'm not going to bake cupcakes anymore. And then a year later that LLC closes. And then does that trigger for the stats to be like that business went out? Look, another small business bites the dust. Well, like kind of, they really didn't do anything like, you know, I think that's a very valid point. Nonetheless, what we want for the folks in commerce and chill land is if they decide that business is for them, that they have long-term success, whatever that means for you. And so if being in business is one year is good enough, so be it. If being in business five years is good enough, so be it. And being in business 10 years is good enough, so be it. Just understand the um, possibilities and opportunities become greater the longer you maintain your business you're likely to increase your revenues, increase your profits, increase the impact that you make. And so for you and your business, we want you to have success. And again, we're going to give you some of the problems. So you can be aware of them. Um, and this it does come from the internet. Yeah. But I mean, first of all, before you go into what are the list of these, these problems that they say small businesses face on a regular basis, the stat you just read, it's ridiculous. Like, think about it. It says the longer you're in business, the higher the probability of you going out of business. If you think, if you read it, it says twenty mm-hmm. percent of small business fail by the end of the first year. So one in five businesses will not make it past year one. Then by the end of the fifth year, fifty percent go under. So one in two businesses will not make it. And by to the year tenth five. year, eighty percent go out of business. This has got to so, be one of the only things I know. The longer you stay in it, it sounds like the worse it gets for you <laughs> based on these odds. Typically, the longer you're in it, you, 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 you're growing. Things are getting better. But if you look at this data, which has me slightly concerned now, like I think we need to some, 
we need to do a deeper dive into this data <laughs> that I'm going to be in business <coughs> 10 years. Whoa, you all right there? You need a, a I'm lozenger? here. I'm here. Like, I'm in business by the 10th year. There's an 80% chance I'm going to go out of business. But then maybe you want to look at it another what way. The? What's the other way? Go ahead. I'm listening. Only two it. in 10 businesses are likely to make it to 10 years. <laughs> so if, so if you in that too, you know, it's like when the Saints go marching in, I want to be in that number. Right, but that's still crazy. Two out of 10 make it after the 10th year. Like, what is going on here? Like, well, like, okay. we, like the, so that's, that's why I'm like, true. The other part is. Isn't we, that Pareto's principle? Right. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> listen, I'm not going against the principles. I'm not saying survival of the fittest, competition. I'm not going against any of that. I'm not saying, listen, because I, I believe in healthy competition in business. I believe in, like, let's get in the arena. And you know, some folks just don't have stamina. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I, I'm. And real, I'll give you a perfect I want to know, like, is it, where is this, uh, what is the data actually looking at? Because over time, it gets worse. Well, that's a whole nother episode. It, right. The, over time, the data gets worse. So, what what do what what do we re, what do we really what is this really saying? Right. What do we really do? Right. Because you're telling me I've been in this for the game for ten years, and I look around and there are ten business owners in the room with me. Only two of us gonna make it after the tenth year. What does it say? Yeah. And by the tenth year, that number rises to. So by the tenth so year, it's only gonna be two. Y'all. So in year nine, it's if, like the Hunger Games of small business. <laughs> Our tributes from District 12. Well, go on, you two, shake hands. Happy Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> may the odds be in your favor. Boom. But we want the odds to be in your favor. So according to a survey by Guidant with the, with Small Business Trends Alliance, they came up with the six most common issues faced in running a small business. So the top business problems for small business. The list goes as follows. Number one, lack of capital, cash flow. Can anybody relate? Number two, recruitment well, and retention well, lack, lack of, of employees. Money is kind of cheap right now. Market, come on, let me go through the list. Oh, okay, come back go ahead. To it. I'm just going to go by one by one. We're going to go through the list and then we're going to address each one. Okay, keep going. Let's um, read a little faster. Number three, marketing and advertising. Number four, time management. Number five, administration. And number six, managing and providing benefits. So, Lack of capital cash flow. Many entrepreneurs think of loans and other funding methods when considering their access to capital and cash flows. But sometimes loans can be hard to come by. And so raise money. You make it sound like it's easy. But there are a lot whoa, of whoa, options. Hold on, let's be clear. I know of a couple of people who've raised a tremendous amount of money in this, in this current economic climate. And I think money is still pretty cheap. Because of the mentality, I believe people have, well, like, if I just put enough, if I put my chips on enough horses, one of them will win and it will pay off for all the other horses who came in in the back of the race or the middle right. and plus make me some some gains because of the, the tremendous return. And I, and I say that to say because recently I'm not sure what's in the air or what's in the water. I've gotten quite a bit, like you gave me a message yesterday there's been quite a few um, phone calls I've gotten about people saying, oh, I want to invest in one of our businesses. And I'm just like, huh? Like, so, like, tell me more about this. So, like, one of the conversations I, I need to have with some people in the coming weeks that I know who have raised 
good amount of capital for their businesses. You know, let's talk about, you know, people taking that investment capital, selling a piece, some shares here and there. Mm -hmm. Like there's different ways to raise capital. So if you can't get a loan, like, can you go to friends and family? Can you go to people in your in your G six list or whatever you said the three the G three list? Right, this is like the G six summit or whatever. <laughs> the, your G three list and say, listen, I'm doing this with my company. This is what put together a little deck and just be straight up and be like, listen, this is what we doing. This is the goal. This is the mission. Like this, like we're on a crusade here to to make cupcakes, right? And I'm going to be the best cupcake maker in the Northeast. And this is how we do it. This is our roadmap. This is the plan. And would you like to buy into this? Because so, I'm raising capital so we could expand our shipping department. So, so we could put really cupcakes two, down in two Florida. Two quick things on, on, on access to capital. Um, access to capital continues to be a challenge, especially for small businesses and especially for diverse small businesses. I would encourage you to learn about all the different ways you can get capital for your business because it's not just loans it's not just venture capital it's not just private equity um but there are several different alternatives that might fit your business your business model and your industry better and the more um knowledgeable you are about the options the better position you are to make good decisions about how to get that money that you need for your business i'd also encourage you if you watch this episode before december 31st of 2021 and you are in business since 2019 the small business administration still has their eidl program that stands for emergency impact disaster idle. loan or idle where you can get up to i think 200 percent of your up to 200 percent of your 2019 revenues um with a max of $2 million in loans, which will be at a 3.5% interest rate. And you don't have to start paying it back for the first 24 months. And you can use this towards your general business expenses. Yo, I might have to um, so if you have not already applied for EIDL, I encourage you, go to the SBA. What about people website. that applied and it got rejected? What should they do for that? If you applied Here and, comes it a got, gym for you. Click, and you click, got rejected, click on this one then I encourage you to send a letter, include your, your original application number and request for reconsideration. But again, you have to do this before December 31st, 2021. And if you give them a reason why, um, if they, they probably told you why you were denied. So it was like, oh, my credit was bad. Oh, my credit was bad because it was, because it was COVID. Oh, okay. I know in our cases, we both sent um, emails requesting reconsideration and they reopened the portal and allowed us to submit supporting documentation to have our loan applications Yo, reconsidered. You could get how much? You said it is two? Up to $2 million. No, the, the multiple, you said. I think it's 200% of your 2019 So think about revenues. this, everybody. You can get 200% of your 2019 gross revenue? Yeah. Gro your gross revenue, not your net. So you can get 200, up to 200 times, 200%? 200 200% is 200%. Of your gross revenue from 2019 at a 3% rate. 3.5. 3.5 is still low. That's and probably low than what most people are paying for their car notes. 3.5%. And you don't have to make the first payment for 24 months. That's two whole years. That's, bro, that's working capital. Like, I don't even care if you've got bread in the bank and you don't need it. I would still apply for it. Pockets, I would totally side pocket that money and make some moves with it. 
Because during this epi- this pandemic epidemic, what you want to call it, let's be clear. We're talking about the business side of it. We're not talking about the health related. People got sick. People. We talking about just business side of it. There's still a there's not even still there is a huge amount of opportunity still out here because the markets have been turned sideways, upside down because of COVID. And let's be clear, some people just said, you know what, I'm tapping out. Well, I'm not talking about the people who literally had to shut down because. COVID had, you know, the laws and the rules. They had to close their business and couldn't reopen them back up because of the, I'm talking about people that just said, you know what? I've been fighting a good fight for a while. And it was like, I'm out. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for people who just did the rope of dope. You just put your guards up and you just leaned on the ropes and you kept taking the hits. And if you, you make the it hits, to the 12th round, you're going to win. And you took the hits. And now you get this capital you side pocket it or you don't even side pocket it. Maybe you need it and you roll that out. And some of your competitors now are sitting in the back because they're like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And they're not even doing anything. At least if you rope a doping, you wearing out your opponent. Like you wearing out whatever's going was beating you and you getting your rest in the corner. You getting mm-hmm. strong. Where others mm-hmm. just sitting on the sideline. They're just like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. Like I know of plenty of people who, who your girl, your home girl, had a retail store selling bakery goods. I don't want to put on blast. Selling bakery goods and then say, you know what? COVID got a little crazy. Switched 100% to the e-com shipping model of baked goods. Well, not 100%. I mean, she still has her retail store. But the majority. But she's, now her majority. The she's majority even of relocated her somewhere else. Yeah, and she's, she's and chilling she's in cr- the sunshine. My she's life, crushing life, it life, just selling the baked goods online. The and technically, I mean, they still have the retail, but retail store but technically she's got other team and family members who are doing that where she just said i'm focusing 100 percent on the retail on the distribution e-com side of it through mail order and it's like i'm doing great with it because listen there's opportunity out there opportunity abundant like don't get don't don't get it twisted like when they say that the inflation is high that means that people are still spending money stuff is more expensive but people are spending money so you got to get in the game if you're going to get that money covid is problem 99 99 problems and guess what covid is one of them and you need to figure it out you became an entrepreneur because you figured something out like you're you're not an entrepreneur because what are you pointing for? No, no, I'm oh. waiting for you. I'm just pointing to something. No. Like the key, you entrepreneur. There's two things: you 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 sacrifice and you solve problems. So this is a problem that you can turn into an advantage. So get so your, idle. Get your money. If you didn't apply for it, apply for it. Check your cash flow. And if, if you, you did need apply help, and you got go rejected, go to an SBDC, a small get business the development center, and ask them to help you with your cash flow. Ask them to help you with your projections. Talk to your bankers because this is a problem you don't have to have. Retention. Number two, recruitment and retention of employees. I just read an article in the Financial Times this morning. What did it say? Talking about the great resignation. The and great just, resignation. Here we talk about that. There, are some, there will be people who leave your company because it's not a good fit for them. Or because you you neglected something as the employer. Like, they're like, oh, the culture is here. It's it's a negative vibe, right? So what you're speaking to, these six points, totally, totally factual. Right. Totally should be followed by other business owners, SMB. Go back like two episodes ago, we talked about the great resignation. But some of the people they quoted in the article, it was very interesting. They talk, They interviewed like maybe five or six people. Mm-hmm. And if you read the article carefully and you listen to some of the quotes... I want to say at least four out of six people did not like their job. <laughs> so I'm like, why would we consider them in the great resignation? You took something you didn't like from the beginning 
And then when the market started changing because of COVID, then you decided to quit and go do something else. Like one person, I think they said she's had two or three jobs since in, in this year alone. And like now she's selling real estate. She went from like selling software to selling something else. And now she sounds like, like she's not that good at sales. I'm not, I don't know. She was at one company for like, I don't know, five, six years. So she, she might be good at it. She, but in, in the article, she stated, I didn't, I didn't like what I didn't like what I was doing. So now I, I realize that I love this, love selling real estate instead. And I don't know how long she's been doing real estate, but yeah, I did real estate for a while. Mm, I like to see the follow-up article to that because people see the glitz and the glamour for real estate just like they look online and Instagram and they say all this. You don't understand what goes on. It's First a of hustle, all, for real. And I don't know if she, you know if you're a broker, she's working as an agent or she's somebody's assistant where she has a draw or she gets a salary. I'm talking about you straight 100% commission. Like, And don't get me wrong, stuff is always selling. People right. are always selling and buying no matter right. what the market is. Right. But it's a lot of people out there. Right. I'll just say this. If you're a small business own, owner and you're struggling with employment, make a goal for what you want. So as you're going in preparing for 2022, make a staffing plan. Think about the work that you have now on hand and the work that you plan to have and what it will take to sufficiently staff your operations. First of all, and think about where you where are you posting you're hiring opportunities. What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> you cut me off. And I'm just, I'm all over the place today. Right. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I can't wait Take to get my to um, tofu turkey tomorrow. What role a new employee nah, should play and what skills and capabilities you need them to bring to the table. Just <laughs> develop job descriptions that will attract people with those skills and capabilities. And I also encourage you to be creative. Work with recruiting partners. Work with colleges, community colleges. Work with the local workforce investment board. Work with your elected official. Figure out where the, the, right. the people that that you're looking to hire, like, don't just think I'm going to put it on Indeed and Zip Recruiter and or the local job board. I'm going to put it on Craigslist. That's not First it. First of all, you need to think about the, the individual that I want to join my team. Who are they? Like, let's really step back and decon deconstruct this. We who, don't have a whole, whole lot of time. We got enough time for this. <laughs> think about who they are, what they like to do. Where do they spend their time? And I'm going to give you a little gem here. There is no reason why you can't create. You spend time on Facebook and Instagram doing clickety-clack, la-la stuff, right? Consuming. 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 Why can't you create some kind of posting for your business that appeals to the person that you want to join your team in what they do in their leisure time or where they spend time outside of work and target them using a Facebook ad? And then they cons they'll see it when they're consuming their regular wannabe downtime while they're binge watching Netflix or whatever type of content. And then they see this ad appear, but it's, you shouldn't create it as an ad, but it should be something that speaks to that person that you want to join your firm and speaks to what your firm is. And then they see it and then they get engaged with your firm. So go look for these different places to put information about your firm out there. Like, are you spreading the word? Is it, does it say it in your LinkedIn bio that you're hiring? Does it say it in your IG profile that you're hiring? Like some of the simplest things you do, are you encouraging all your other team members who are at your firm to put it in their LinkedIn, to put it in your email signature line? Like some of the simplest things becomes the the viral effect of spreading the word that you want someone to do like i changed my freaking instagram like i was like i'm sick of this like we need more people i was like we're hiring like we're hi like i'm hiring like it ain't 
No tomorrow. Like, we're hiring. COVID? I got jobs. I, I got jobs. Great resignation? Don't give a damn. <laughs> you want to make money? Come to work. Call me. And that Keystroke goes, me. Whatever. That goes I'm in here. line with marketing and advertising, right? So if your challenge is developing marketing and advertising, there's no time like the president to outsource. So you can look at the episode that we did with Mike Allen from Solo Social Marketing. Hey, got it right. Um, but you can also do a lot on your own. Or you can bring in a college student, an intern that can do it for you. There's so many references out there. What do you, what do you need um, done for creative marketing? creative people online. Figure out what the minimum amount of money you can spend right now. Like what, what not the most, what's, what's the minimum you can squeeze out of your small business budget? Can you squeeze out $15 an hour, which is minimum wage here in New York City now? I can't speak for anywhere else in the country. If you can, maybe say, listen, Wally, I can squeeze out $15 an hour and I can squeeze out 18 hours a week. So be it. Put an ad on Craigslist, $15 an hour, looking for someone who can create content for me on whatever type of business you have. 32, you know, 16, 18 hours a week paying $15 plus perks. You know what? You'd be like, Wally, I can't afford to give them health care and all this. You but know I can what? buy them a pizza. You, damn real. You got a bakery? Tell them they get free muffins. They get free cupcakes. They get free donuts. Like, you got a restaurant? They get, to, um, they get a meal free three times a week. Like, think... Don't think regularly. Do whatever the hell you got to do. Like, just put it out there. And guess what? Who cares if it doesn't work? You know, oh, I'm going to embarrass myself. I put free meals in the Craigslist ad. Nobody's going to. So what? Maybe it will work. Like. You don't know till you try it. Who would have ever thought DoorDash would be picking up laundry and delivering it for us? Hmm. I heard a lot of people telling me, oh, that ain't going to work. And then for a hot minute, I was just like, yeah, I ain't messing with that. Hmm. Let me tell you. You like that. Mm-hmm. I brought that back from somebody I used to work here back in the day. You like that? Yeah. I'll, I'll add this. I'm Do something different. Just do something. I'll add, I'm reading The Laptop Millionaire by Mark Anastasi, and he talks about different strategies about how people I'm can make money job on the internet. <laughs> but overwhelmingly, the way that these folks are making money in the case studies he presents it, are through internet marketing. They're doing things differently. Listen, how many videos out there, like, and it, listen to this. You have a, a, and I keep going to bakery for some reason. I think we're going to have to invest in some kind of bakery business later on. You must be hungry. Shout out to all my peoples with bakeries. (laughs) Call me. I'm write a check. I got a, I'm starting my own SPAC. I got a blank check firm. I'm going to be, um, got some investors here. But anyway. Anyway. But think about it. You got a bakery or something, right? Somebody's got a video on YouTube that's doing a fair amount of traction. Could you pay them a couple bucks to put you in, in the, in the uh, the title, whatever that shit's called, you know, at the the description area. Sorry, I dropped the S bomb. In the description area, could they put a, a a link in there to your website saying that you're the sponsor of this episode for a couple bucks, maybe 40, 50 bucks? And and their YouTube stuff is about food. Right. And then you get in there as a sponsor. Not even a, they don't even have to be a full. Be like, listen, right. I, I can't afford to be a sponsor where you to mention me in it because I don't got that kind of money. But right. I got thirty bucks. I'll give you if you just put me in the in the description area in a link. That, okay. that 30 bucks might lead to five, six sales. Then you, it, the, you recoup the 30 and maybe you make 30, you make 30 bucks in profit. Right. Guess what? You're up 30 bucks now, right? Or you got a little more bread to play with and you approach somebody who's got some kind of, I don't know, video on there that deals with food that's in the genre of what you sell. And you say, listen, I want to buy that video from you. And there's something on YouTube where you can transfer a video from one person to another. And then you have that video on your channel or you get some kind of agreement with them where you have rights to it too. And you post it 
on your YouTube channel, and now that traffic is driving to where you, to your channel, which gets more eyeballs on things that you're doing. That like, there's like some, a whole there's some other episode. Like, that sounds like a whole. No, bro, episode. I'm thinking of all kind of stuff you could do now. Like, it's just you got to just approach people. Uh, I got some stuff going on next week. I don't, I don't know if y'all ready. So for then, number four is number time four. management. If you, as the business leader, the business owner, cannot manage your time, then your business will not be managed. Like a perfect example. Look at parents that have their children on um, schedules. Everything from when the child eats, when the child wakes up, when the child takes a bath. Those tend to be much more disciplined children, much more. Do you have a children. schedule? No, I'm saying not you, but I'm saying like you're talking about putting the children on a schedule. Do you have a schedule? Do you have a, not even, do you have a routine? Right. Cause you see them little wild child children that be running around. Their parents just let them wake up, get, get, eat whenever, whatever, do whatever. No. Eating snacks before they go to bed. No idea of how you spend. You can't eat cotton candy before you go to bed. So it's the same with you in business. Active time management solutions are important in a small business world. First, know your primary goals for your business. You remember, we talk about goals. Your goals should be smart. They should be specific, measurable, attractive, realistic, and time-based. And you should stay focused on what it's going to take. If you are on Instagram half the day, chucking it up with your buddies, that may not get you to where you want to be in business. If you're on Instagram posting Instagram ads and inter- engaging with your clients and pers- prospective different. customers, that's different. But even then, you need to allot or you should consider allotting specific amounts of time of the day when you do that and put caps on it. Otherwise, social media can take over. Talking on the phone can take over. Going to the, to, like, if you work in a shared office space, going to the water cooler or the coffee maker, that can take up your time. You want to be laser focused in how you manage your time. No, get rid of distractions. Your distractions. If you're really your, trying to do something, you got to get rid of distractions. I, I challenge you to click on your Facebook or go on your phone and see what the data is with the usage time, time that you, you can track on the phone. Yeah. Like, go look and see how much time you spend. I, what was something they said? Um, I don't know. They said like the average person opens up like one of these social media platforms like four times a day or something and like that. And they're only like 19 minutes at a time. Or right. Like and that. then it's like, and that's the average. There are some people who don't open it at all. So that means somebody else, else is, is actually it. on it more than four times a day. Right. The average is just four times a right. day. Like I don't open Facebook every day. So if the average is four times a day, that means some, somebody's, using somebody's got my time. other four. <laughs> so somebody's got my four. Cause I don't open it every day. <laughs> I don't even open well, Instagram. I might open once. A, I'm probably around two times a day now. But it's mostly, it's business. Right. I'm going to answer somebody's question or check to see why Instagram is not sending me alerts because maybe it's my phone. I don't know if it's Apple or Instagram. I'm trying to still figure it out. But all right, when I'll I switch phones, it better work. Uh, my, my dear mentor, Mr. Warren Buffett, he has this thing where he says, right now, what, are you making a face like he's not my mentor? You know he's my mentor. Meets a guy a couple of times. They sit next to each other at a conference, at, at a the, panel. I got the pictures to prove it. And wrote, exchanged handwritten letters with each other. Lord does that not make, does that not make, I guess he's in your, your three he's G. He's on my G list. He made, <laughs> he's on my G list. So Mr. Buffett um, encourages people to write down their top 25 goals. And then he says, Mark, which one are your top five? Anything that's not in the top five. Ignore it because it's just a distraction. And then everything you do should be to get you closer to achieving those top gotta, five like, goals. I've, I've, That's how you have to be listen, with time management when it comes to your you business. You so have to focus like at the, at the store and here at JSB. Like it just, it's taken me years to kind of realize it. The more we shed, look, what's that about? 
the more the more we shed and just start focusing more and more like the results are like we slowly see them ticking up and then some of them they tick up a little faster because now you're not like like listen i love shine i'm like that squirrel outside like that that dude you see the squirrel and it freezes for a second and it's like hmm should i go there should i go there should i get that acorn like i get that like and i love touching new things and trying new things my eyes are huge but it's like hey when you get the, you focus on a core couple of things and you get it going, then mm-hmm. that puts you in a place to say, you know what, I can do more now because this thing is running smoothly and I've got like either some type of autopilot mechanism to get it going. You're using some type of software, some AI, some type of automation, or you've got a good team. Like truth be told, let's talk like let's talk about our content team. We went from like mad people on the team. Now we're scaled down to to two people. We just had a meeting the other day and talked about how quickly we're getting stuff done now like how much of more efficient it is right what are you laughing at? oh right I just laughing at, like how much we get stuff done but let, let's talk about the key like the key thing in the past i looked at almost every piece of content before it went out now when you 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 have this this flow going you build a team you put everybody's on the same wavelength you know your team will be able to do stuff without you if you gotta touch everything ladies and gentlemen let me be absolutely freaking clear you ain't scaling you, whoever's the CEO of McDonald's, trust me, he not going to every McDonald's and inspecting how many sesame seeds are on the buns. You not scaling like that. <laughs> you can't go, oh, you only got 33 seeds on his bun, bro. You're supposed to have 32. No, put these buns back. You can't scale that way. You got to create a team. You got to create systems. And you know what the biggest thing you got to do as an entrepreneur, which most of us have so much trouble doing, you got to get that shit out your head that nobody can do it better than you. Because that's a lie. That's a lie because there are people who can do it better than you. And guess what? There are some who can't do it as good as you. But you know what? You got to accept that and move on. Does it meet? You got to set what the, what the standards are. This is the minimum standard. Anything below this, we don't do. It gets rejected. It's like you go to Nike factory and you see those sneakers with the B stamped on the tongue. You tell me to wrap it up. I'm telling you to bring it back. Nah, Just we remember, bring it back. Edit don't this. let perfect be the enemy of good. You're so busy trying to get it perfect that you don't get it done. So that leads to point number five. What's One, five? Administration. So the definition of administration is the the process or activity of running a business organization, etc. So the day to day administration of the company. What are we doing? We do. We I don't know. Like somebody's, somebody's going through the wall. Somebody's adding addition onto the building for the Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. They need more room. They got a long table. Many people. If you talk, you've been reading the E Myth. Many people getting to Several times. get into business because they're great practitioners. They're good at performing a specific trade. They're, they're a mechanic. But that doesn't make them good in running the business. Right. How many people do you know you've heard say, my boss is stupid. I could run this place better than them. But that's because you're thinking from the perspective of you plug this. Th- you, you're the, the, the. You're the widget man. Right. You, you, <laughs> you're the technician. Like, right. You're like, I could fix that better than my boss. He don't. But your boss might not know how to fix it better than you. But your boss knows how to run the business better than you. Right. So there's different. And I encourage you. You should read the book. If you're in business or you think about going to business, you need to read EMIF. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's three different types of entrepreneurs. There's three different categories. There's three different stages. There's like the inventor because you think because I can fix an engine that I should run a business. Let me be clear. I've been there, done that. Just because you can do this particular task, it takes a different set of skills to make an engine than it does to run a manufacturing line. And Hamlet is here to save me. See, you're talking about, this is what I'm talking about, having a good team. Like, right. I don't got, I, <clears throat> whatever. 
So, yeah, the three is the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. I am not going to go into details. Hamlet the saved book. the day. Read the book. Go, I'm telling you, read the book. The e By Michael Gerber. There's an e-myth revisited. If you don't know about it, you're not sure, just go to my website, click on the link, because I got a list of my favorite books there. Click on that link, and it take you and, like, get a summary of it, et cetera, et cetera. Just go buy the book. Like, mm. go to Amazon, go wherever. Just buy the book. I'm telling you, read this book. It's super, because you need to understand it. And I know of colleagues and people that are kind of close to me, kind of close, to, and, and they talk about, yeah, when I was at my job, my boss said this, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to start my own business because I, I'm smarter than him. Actually, most entrepreneurs are, pro, are not, like, super smart. Like, I'm just being, you it's like. they stupid? No, but, like, when, when, and we're talking about smart. I'm talking <laughs> about, like, people have this measure, like, if, if you read the book, The Magic of Thinking Big, and they just, they I don't know if it's a news reporter or somebody was given, I think it was Thomas Edison. Was it Thomas Edison? Was it or Henry, Henry Ford. Ford. It was given Henry Ford the smack about he's not so intelligent. And it Henry was, Ford was, was like, yeah, he, 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 like, he, he started asking him all these questions, like, how many feet in a mile? Like, what's the tallest mountain? Some, some, cra some stuff like that. Right. And dude was like, listen. I don't want to waste my energy and my mind power remembering facts. He's like, I could hire somebody on my team who's a fact person. Right. Or I could buy an encyclopedia. Because right. you know, there was no Google back then for, you know, we're talking about Henry Ford, y'all. Um, I could buy an encyclopedia. I could, go get to, I could go look that up in the library. I want to use my thinking power to create, to solve problems, to innovate. So you got to you, you think about that. That's too, the, the person who's, who's making the engine. Mm -hmm. versus the person who's running the factory mm -hmm. or the business that makes the engine or that provides us like he got to deal with clients there's a lot more components to it so right. again go check the book out right and, and so with respect to the problem or challenge of administration there are often things that you can outsource so that you can focus what you're especially good on um a lot a bucket of money a bucket of time you know how much stuff you can outsource get, these days to get like a virtual assistant or you we outsource Somebody. payroll we outsource our uniforms we outsource our equipment because it doesn't make sense for me to be going and putting on uniforms people no here here's we a voucher go out to the place let the people put it on you they're better than i am and i'll pay for it find an expert and then in that I for save you my time that I can now focus you focus on, on the, the clients, level things, the clients, getting more business, getting more business, employee in team member relations, right, et cetera, versus like, oh, and how many pair of pants we got in the Coming to Commerce and Chill so we can sell, sell, t share these top tips on how to avoid or address potential business problems and challenges. And right, lastly, num number, six. number six is managing and providing benefits. If I hear one more applicant for a job coming to the door talking about, I left my last job because they didn't give me no benefits. What are benefits? Let's start right? with that. There is no quick and easy solution for managing and providing benefits. Here at Johnson Security, what we try to do is we offer health care. We offer a 401k because we realize that many of our team members are not thinking about retirement. They're thinking about today's problems and challenges. And so we want to provide a, a um, an outlet, a resource, where they have a little something saved up for that rainy day for when they get older. And so as a small business owner, I encourage you to familiarize yourself with basic benefits. Um, and then, like, in, in for small business, and when I'm saying small business, I'm talking about people who have businesses with, like, 50 people or less. 
and probably 10 or less, mm-hmm. you're going to think you're going to think for a minute like, oh, it's going to be super expensive. You have no idea how many different fintech companies there are out there or payroll companies that they're pooling people mm-hmm. in their network mm-hmm. so they get cheaper rates that you can you, you can leverage that power mm-hmm. to of, to offer some type of 401k at your small business. You can have five employees. Let me tell you something. You should be looking into are you using a payroll service? And I'm telling you from somebody who uses a payroll service and somebody who we've done payroll ourselves many, many, many moons. You need to really think about it. There's a lot of, you're going to say, well, there's some cons to it. And one of the cons you're probably going to be like, if I get a payroll service, they take all that money out in one shot. The taxes, the this, that. And let me tell you something. It's better Mm -hmm. to lose some sleep during the week Mm -hmm. to try to figure out how you're going to make payroll during the week because they take the taxes for the employer and employee at the same time versus losing sleep for six to eight months because the IRS is knocking at your door because you didn't send them the quarterly returns or you didn't send the 941s or you didn't send whatever the, the, the food or the pseudo was to the feds for, for the employee and the employer. And if you don't know, the IRS is like a crackhead looking for a hit. They, they are gonna get insatiable. It. Like for real, for They're going to get it. So I'm I don't like, wish that you, were my worst You need enemy. to think about it. I want it. that for you. And let me tell you something. It ain't nothing to play with. It's very serious, right? And, the, and I know sales tax is another one. Right. People, you have sales tax. Listen, you, you're not charging sales tax. You are collecting it for the entity that wants it. You should be looking at what kind of program. If you, you have an electronic POS system in your store, you should be looking at tax jar or, or any other these, these programs that are out there where it computes it for you. And then when the sale is made, mm-hmm. that money, when they swipe that debit credit card, it automatically pulls out the sales tax money and distributes it for you. You would only have to think about it at the end of the quarter or whatever, at the end, depending on, we talk, I'm talking about New York State, because depending on how much you do, New York State lets you do it on a year basis, or you have to do it every quarter. Or sometimes it's every, every, every bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, depending whatever, on what, depending you know, on where you fall the, in the, the category. The amount of money, but the number of employees, think about and frequency. That. If you set these things up, we talked about automation before, we talked about, if you set up tax jar using that as one example and they are not a sponsor and i have no affiliate links or referral whatever with them i just happen to know about it and it makes sense for a small business operator we sell items on ebay and other online platforms for the soapbox right because people trade sneakers etc so we sell items on there do you think i really want to be bothered with sales tax i click the box that says where they'll collect the sales tax from the sale and automatically send it to the state force, and then they just send us documentation. I don't want to be bothered with that at the end of the quarter. So, and then the other piece of it is too is when you get your money, you know exactly what you're like. You know this is this is my gross sale minus taxes, so I don't have to worry about taxes. Now I just figure out what was the cost of goods that I spent on that, and here's my net. And, and if you can, if you have a hard time kind of deciphering what he's saying, I would encourage you to look at the book Just Profit me. First by Mike Michalowicz. Email me. Um, and, and he gives a, a, a great way of of um, managing your finances so that you always have the money there for your taxes and the like. But getting back to Keep providing so and managing simple. benefits, I'd say that in my experience, I was hesitant at first to offer benefits because I didn't want the headache. It ain't nearly as hard as we thought it was going to be. Not at all. And if you get a, a benefits administrator that can manage that for a small fee, 
they can tell you what's happening in the marketplace and help you stay competitive um, in what you're able to offer your employees and your team members. And think about it. How many other small businesses, and I'm going to stick with the number like 20 or less. I think I said 10 or less earlier. How many of them, like think about it. You got you're, you're SMB out there. You're hustling. You talk to other small business owners. You listen to them. How many of them are offering some type of benefits for their team members for, for retire 401k or some type of retirement some kind of savings plan or healthcare, and you can offer a four hundred one k without offering matching. Right, they they can contribute themselves, and then maybe you do some profit sharing. Where at the end of the year, when you, whatever you have, you say, "Oh, we made a profit. I'm going to allocate a portion of this to everyone's four hundred one k." You don't have to do a match to say if they put in three dollars, I got to put in three dollars, or whatever they put in a dollar, you put in fifty cent. You could you, t- you could tell your team a thousand dollars. You could tell your team why not incentivize it for them. And everybody, right? Make it make it something that everybody can look. Listen, we're going to do profit sharing on this. We're running a bakery here. Listen, when we sell a thousand cupcakes. We break even. Right. And break even means we take care of everybody here, all expensive pay, and we can all breathe. Right. Now, if we sell anything over a thousand, that becomes gravy for the business. So here's the goal, team. Anything over 1,200 cupcakes, 30% of that net revenue goes into the profit sharing plan for everybody's retirement here. If you think for a minute that your team ain't going to start making cupcakes faster than they ever made before and the quality goes up and your sales team is selling more cupcakes (laughs) than ever, then you batshit crazy because they're going to be incentivized. They're already doing a good job for you, but now you've incentivized them in a way where they can make more money and it doesn't cost you a thing for your business. And then it can go into their long-term or midterm savings plan who knows? Maybe they're only with you for three years and then they move on or two years, whatever it might be. They've got that little nest egg started. And probably, depending on the type of business you're in and the, the location you're in and the socioeconomic group that you employ, they probably never even thought about it. So when you put that out there, your business becomes the greatest to them because they're like, wow, nobody ever told me this at my other jobs right. or they never offered this to me. So you're right. like, I'll get to be able to put money in this thing and it's going to grow and I can click online and I can see it like, are you, and it's going to save me on my taxes because I'm paying at a higher tax rate now. And then this comes out of my money pre-tax. So now when I get taxed by the government, actually I'm getting taxed less because I'm contributing a part of that to my 401k. And then when I do get to that number, when I, that age, when I pull money out, Hopefully I'm in a lower tax bracket. So essentially I made money and I saved money. Like, come on. So we have gone through a whole lot and shared a lot of information with you today from the top business challenges to some of the ways to address them. In closing, we want to give you just a snapshot of what the National Federation of Independent Businesses is hearing from small business owners about challenges they face so that you can understand that you're not alone in this 46% of business owners have openings that they can't fill. 26% of business owners said labor quality was a top business problem. 24% of small business owners were concerned with staying competitive on shipping and pricing. Outside of the COVID-19 pandemic, 23% of business owners said the lack of capital or cash flow was the biggest challenge of 2020. And 61% of small business owners with brick and mortar stores saw a decrease in sales in 2020. Now, while these are statistics, these are a snapshot of things that happened in the past. And hopefully you'll use the insights that we shared with you to have a more positive outlook for the future, for your personal future, as well as the future of 
your business. So here at Commerce and Chill, we will continue to bring you great information to help you grow and scale your small business and share what we're doing in our respective businesses, the Soapbox and Johnson Security Bureau, when what's working so that you don't have to have these problems. So we thank you for the time that you shared with us. Chief, you want to give any parting shots before we? Listen, the title of today's episode was 99 Problems. Mm -hmm. There's 99 opportunities. If you got 99 problems, you got 99 opportunities. Somebody called me the other day to have a conference call, and they was like, you know, Waleed, every time I talk to you and I ask you how things are going, you're like, they're great. They were like, is that really like, it seems like everything. Listen, your mindset is so freaking important. You have no freaking idea. So if you're like, I got 99 problems, guess what? You got 99 problems, mm -hmm. bro. You got 99 problems. Mm -hmm. You got 99 opportunities. Listen, go take those 99 and probably figure out three quarters of them. And you'll have, you'll have more coming in than you can realize. We got problems every day at multiple businesses. And our clients have more problems than we have. That's what keeps us in business. And when you figure, like, I listen, somebody stepped in dog poo the other day. That was a problem for them. But guess what? That became an opportunity for the soapbox. Matter of fact, I stepped in dog poo the other day while we were putting up signs at the soapbox, right? But that became an opportunity for somebody to clean those sneakers and make money. There's opportunity out here, ladies and gentlemen. Change your mindset. Shift into a different zone. If you're around people who complain all the time, guess what? Pack your bags and get the hell out that room and go somewhere else. Because that complaining not going to help you go to the next level, right? I bumped into a client slash friend slash fellow entrepreneur. And my man was, was kind of in, like, in an entrepreneurial funk. And he's like, I started doing this with the, this new business we want to do. And I got all this inventory. I need to post it online. You know, and some things happen. And I was just like, listen, I'm no guru. I'm no, no therapist. I'm no, but I know one thing, my man. The minute we stop making forward momentum, we stop trying to make progress, we stop taking steps. I don't care if it's a baby step, an adult step, or a teen. Whenever you stop taking steps forward is when you have hit the button to say game over. Like, you know, you hit the button in the game to say restart or like you quit or go back to me. That's when you hit the button. You got to keep pushing for it. I said, my man, listen, I don't know. I'm not trying to preach to you. All I can say is, don't stop making progress. Because right. soon as you stop making, you get you sit on the couch, you turn on Netflix, and you start binge watching those episodes. Mm -hmm. It's game over, mm -hmm. because a bad habit is <clears throat> easier to stick with mm -hmm. than a good one. But you don't realize once you start down the road of those good habits you talked about earlier, having those those the children who are on a schedule where their parents put them in a routine. Like I got a friend from college, like her, 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 her nephew and niece, they're like, the, I, I heard this and was blown away. Like when it's bedtime for them at, I don't know, six, seven o'clock, their parents would be like, okay, so-and-so, Jill and Jack, it's time to go to bed. And they're like, okay, good night, everybody. We're going to bed. And they turn around and go to bed. I see other kids, no, nah, I don't want to go to bed. Can I have a snack? Can I have a roll up? And like, what? I'm just like, bro, tell your kid to go to bed and shut up. Like their kids just go to bed because they kept them on a routine. It was structure and they became used to it. And in their lives, they're like, this is what you're supposed to do. It's like the person who gets up at 5 a.m. and they go work out and they go meditate or they do blah, 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 blah. They stick to that routine. But the day they say, I'm going to sit on the couch and start eating Haagen-Dazs. Shout out to my boy, Roy Castro, eating ice cream <laughs> and watching Netflix for three hours. Eat your Haagen-Dazs. The game is over. It's over. You, you give got, in, you, you give gotta, in the competitors an advantage when you do that. And we don't want It's to not do even that. your competitors. You you given the the negative part of your mind 
the opportunity to take over. And once that thing take over, bro, it's hard to stop it. You got to plant what you want. You, you want you to make money, you got to plant seeds for money. You want to be famous, you got to plant seeds for being famous. You want to do good, you got to plant seeds for doing good. Like whatever you want, that's what you got to put in the ground. So maybe our next episode is planting for 2022. But for this episode, I'm out. We thank you for make helping us make it to 99. Tune in next week, episode 100. It's going to be epic. 100. Drop the bomb. One, zero, Drop the bomb zero. like Funk Flex. 100. Zero, zero. I need some sound effects on here. I got to go pick this roast the podcaster thing and add some sound effects for my man Espinosa for the audio engineer here. He need to be dropping those sound effects like Funk. And I challenge you, if you put together episode your 100 is coming. Business if you don't tune problems. in for this episode 100, you're going to be missing the best thing ever. Send Come us and chill. You talk about stick to itness. You talk about a routine. We had 100 episodes. We got less than 200 followers. And we still doing it. Send Anybody else would have given up by now. You just never know when things are going to happen. Problems. 100 episodes. We and got we'll like 185 followers. Find the Somebody solution. else would have been like, I'm tapping out because I'm not blowing up like all these other YouTubers. But you know what? There's three people. Or there's two people out there. Maybe there's 10 people who watch Kermit and Chill. Because I'm right all in this microphone right now. I want the audience to feel the passion coming through here. The fire. Don't worry, Hamlet. I'm staying in frame even though I'm leaning all the way to the right. My head is still in the frame. Right? He's checking the cameras. Right? I'll, it could be three people out there. But those three people get the message and it makes an impact. That's why we do it. I'm not, we're not doing YouTube to be like uber famous. Look, we got 10 million followers and look at us. You know what? There's somebody out there who gets it and they leave a comment or I see him in the street. Shout out to, to, to Mark and Michelle who hit me up and we talked for like an hour and a half, two hours because I was on Jordan Berry's podcast, The Laundromat Resource. It's just, it's somebody who gets it. And you need to stick with whatever you're doing, whether it's 10 people, 50 people, or 1,000. You got to stick with it because you don't know who you're impacting. Right? Stick with it. So we Next gotta, week, 100 We're going to impact a happy Thanksgiving. 100. And we'll see you on the other side. I want 100 falling from the screen in next week's episode when it comes on. I want it, those party poppers and 100 emoji all over this the screen. This has been Commerce and Chill. I am Jessica Johnson Co. Walid 100. Walid 100. See you soon.